Welcome to Riverdale. You are now listening to Welcome to Riverdale. This is a Carefree Black Nerd review show where I will be discussing all this outlandish ass shit going on. (laughs) And over there is CW's Riverdale. Uh, Today we'll be going over episode, well, chapter 25, The Wicked and the Divine, which is cool, whatever. So the synopsis of this episode is Veronica becomes concerned that Archie, who's agreed to be Hiram's intern, may be learning too much about her family's secret business dealings. (sighs) Okay, so this show has been off the rails for quite some time and I don't know why anything surprises me anymore. They'll have a run of amazing episodes then trash episodes and then horrible elements and just all in all, it's all over the place. And it's not, I don't want to say a guilty pleasure because of course I love watching the show (laughs) no matter how up in arms that, uh, and angry I get, but I want to, kind of revisit my what I've been saying for the past few episodes or probably this whole season is that the main forecasts are horrible villains. Betty, Jughead, Archie, and Veronica. And I'm kind of holding off on Veronica so much because of her, like, this arc that she's on where she's following the family business and just trying to feel her way through some kind of, she is supposed to be, I think, coded as a villain or as a reluctant villain, but I'm going to make her half a villain. So three and a half of the cast members. Um, This episode was crazy. So we have Chick at the house. We have Betty and Jackie broken up. Of course, we have Veronica embracing her new family business and Archie dealing with this fictional FBI agent. And can I take another step back to say, when the fuck are these kids in class? I have not seen one classroom this season. Well, probably earlier, but you get, you know what I mean. Hell, season one, we were always in class. Now, <laughs> class what? The show is called Riverdale, for God's sakes. Um, and we're at Riverdale High, but we're never in class. We're always in this damn fancy-ass uh, student lounge from like a 90s, TV show Saved by the Bill or Sister Sister or something. But diving right in, we have Chick who has opened up Betty to the world of webcamming. And I don't know what that all entails. I would imagine it's just kind of maybe like a phone sex operator where you're selling a fantasy fulfillment, as he says. Um, I don't know the extent and I don't know a lot about that industry, so I won't speak too much on the specifics. Uh, But what we were presented with is Betty in her dark Betty wig with just a bra on and I think a skirt. And we get a back shot of her talking to someone on her laptop and, oh, what would you like to do? And, oh, I'd like to help you. Something. It was very PG as far as it was not as sexually explicit as you would imagine. It was just enough to be. Riverdale X-rated, if that makes any sense. And I'm kind of enjoying this arc with Betty. I didn't think that I would because her and Chick give me this weird dynamic where I don't understand why why everyone is taking this, everyone, well, Alice and Betty, rather, taking this verbal abuse from him, like he's lashing out and acting out. And I'm sure it's probably through 
guilt of him not being raised with them. But for all the shit that Betty has been through in these last two seasons or this season and a half, I feel like she would be quick to kind of jump on his head. Like you were able to cut into Polly because of her leaving your parents and packing up and wanting to go away. But then Chick comes along and has a few harsh words for you. And you, I don't know, maybe because she feels so close to him like they both share this darkness and she just needs to get to the bottom of it but it is so odd the way their relationship works and it's so funny to me um i think there is archie there's an archie comic oh do not ask me which one i think it's afterlife with archie where cheryl and jason are like these incestual twins or it's hinted at and that's kind of the feel i'm getting from betty and chick but then to say that it's kind of not necessarily true because I don't have this idea that they would be sexual with one another. It's just this very intense physical affair. And I'm saying that not thinking about like intercourse or anything, but just the way that they are around each other, it just feels very, I don't know. I don't, it's very, I don't know. It's odd. So I will just put a pin in that for later on down the season. But I'm really enjoying Chick. I like he's coming in and shaking shit up. There's a moment in the episode where Hal pretty much gives his family an ultimatum. And they're like, you know, either Chick goes or I go. And I just assumed that Chick was FP and Alice's son. Uh, I think the show is trying to get us to think it's Hal's in Alice's. But there's this weird thing where maybe how can would be upset because it's like, okay, we've gotten rid of that part of our life and now it's back to bite us in the face. He's embarrassed, upset, ashamed. I can see that. But the way that he has this anger and disdain and distrust and disgust for chick, it's just odd, but you know, no, no, no. See, and I'm sitting here playing both sides of the fence. It is odd, but some of his points I think are valid. We have a stranger in our house, even though we're, related to him by blood or otherwise it's still a stranger we don't know this man like we didn't take the time to get to know him to spend time with him also but now he's living in our house and um there's a moment where there's this twink white thin guy coming down the steps as betty arrives home and <laughs> she makes the assumption that i'm sure everyone else did she said i thought you would said you would never uh bring your clients to the house and he's like no bitch that's not my client that's this nigga that work at the grocery store I'm pretty sure I just got the job. Now, this is very weird to me because he's like, no, I would never bring a client home and you never let them know where you live either. I'm thinking like, but what did, what happened upstairs in your room while you're in that robe that would grant you this job? Because even if it was just a simple interview, that should have happened at the grocery store. Like, I I feel like what he said was, was true and it was important, but it's like, we're not going to glance over the fact that you're damn near naked drinking milk in the house by yourself with this grocery store guy. Like it was such a weird, weird scene. Um, but I like that kind of advice that he gave Betty. Not that this show is like trying to help actual teenagers with their lives, but like, yeah, if you talk to someone online or in some chat room or something, don't let these motherfuckers know where you live. Like it could be a crazy person. All that being said, chick is, has agreed to pay rent and pay his way. And he know he, this is a situation that can last forever. It's just, he's interesting. I'm as odd and fish looking as he is. I am enjoying seeing him in the Cooper household fucking shit up. Like, and then Alice is given this 
I don't know. It seems as if they should have written her to be a little softer. Not that she should have went soft because of Chick's um, arrival, but I feel as if she, hmm, I feel like she should kind of come off a little bit more motherly in a way that she, no, not motherly because she is a mother, but more softer only because it would be in direct contrast to how she was with Polly and Betty. I feel like Chick Chick being her first of all firstborn, her only son and her firstborn baby boy. I feel like she would she, she would treat him in a way with such care that she doesn't normally do with Betty and Polly. But I don't know. That's neither here nor there. I just, I really like this. And I like <laughs> the, uh, her smart ass mouth. Cause Hal gave them the ultimatum. And she said something like how I've kicked your ass out once. I'll do it again. No, this was last episode at the carnival, but this episode, she was just like, Ugh. like she just walked up like, nigga, whatever you like do what the fuck you going to do. Like, and he's like, yeah. And I'm going to be downtown at the hotel and some, some other shit. And I'm thinking like, no, nah, you're going to fuck Penelope. That's what you're doing. Um, so yeah, kind of getting past that. Archie in this internship. Now there's a couple different things going on with Archie and I'm not 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 a fan of him. Like KJ Appa, like you doing your thing, man. I'm glad you're getting the check, but Archie sucks. Um he has this FBI agent on his back who seems to be again a figment of his imagination. He doesn't seem to be real at all. But in the event that he is, it's still so weird like again as an fbi agent if you're looking to get in close to try to figure out what's going on with hiram lodge and lock him up again why are you going through this 15 year old boy and why are you going through this 15 year old boy without any no type of like communication with his guardian even if you think that his guardian is in on whatever deal hiram has going on you should be able to find another way to get this information without dealing with a child like and i'm suspending belief and i'm accepting the world that's presented to me because again it's fiction and i get all that but just on the surface it just seems very weird like i'm an fbi agent and i'm going to a little timmy timmyson who plays basketball i don't know sophomore like hey you're i think your dad's out here embezzling money and i need you to go to your girlfriend's house and find out information for like what could he possibly do as a, it's just weird well, in this internship that Archie has, Hiram has given him the green light to, well, he's opened it up to be an internship, which is so, Archie, the one thing about him that seems legitimate as a 15-year-old is that he's bouncing all over the goddamn place. You started off playing sports, then you got into music, then you were sleeping with that teacher, then you was not into Betty, and then you kind of were because you were jealous because her and your best friend were together, now you're with Veronica. <clears throat> that wasn't really convincing. Then all of a sudden you were head over heels in love with her fucking all the goddamn time. Now you're going after the approval of her father. So you're just going to, and I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. I don't know if he's motivated by getting Hiram's approval or this FBI agent or a combination of both, but he keeps bringing up, Oh, I want to make sure that Veronica is safe. I'll make sure my dad is safe. It's just like, what is the end game? Even like the FBI agent has come to you, but he's not saying at least I don't recall him saying we need this inform this particular information from you. Then she um 
he came at him, Veronica's having, and I'm not even going to act like I remember what it was. It's something about being a Catholic girl and being baptized. I don't want to say a quinceañera because she said usually, whatever this thing is, happens usually when girls are 11 or 12, and I think a quinceañera is the 16th birthday. All in all, she's having some function at a Catholic church. And I was like, what? Like, I mean, I guess I'm happy that they're bringing in her religion because it kind of fills out the world a little bit more. You're not just this socialite, smart mouth, mean girl with these damn 80s movie quotes. But she, I don't know, something about this is off. But all that being said, bringing it back a little bit, the FBI agent, like, let's just operate under the assumption that he's real and not a figment of Archie's imagination. He called Archie and he's Archie's like, well, you can't just keep showing up at my house like this. My dad is, could be here. And they're in the garage where he has his like instruments and shit. And it's just the FBI agent and Archie and the FBI agent says, well, your girlfriend's having a cotillion or whatever the fuck it is. You don't, don't you think you, we should know that? And me and Archie at the same time was like, no, why the fuck would you, why would that be important? And so the agent says, well, because all of the family will be there, his crime family. And I'm thinking, you've done all this research as this FBI agent. You've gotten all these tabs on these people. Why can't you do this shit yourself? Like, how did you find out that her Catholic rebirth ceremony was going on to begin with? However you find it out, you should be able to get the rest of this information. Because I honestly, just like Archie was like, what the fuck does that have to do with Hiram, like, he's like, no, his crime family will be there. And they put all this emphasis on crime. And I'm like, I just went into this thing and it was going to be all her family. Some of them might do shady shit, but all in all, I thought this would be an episode full of just the extended Lodge family. Uh, that's not how it was. Uh, we didn't get to see a bunch of grandmas and grandpas and cousins and aunties and uncles. We got like very specific, but you know, again, it didn't. People are getting a check. So good. But we got all these aunts, uh, and then we got grandmother and they all talking about, oh, you know, I just pray to whoever that, you know, you're, you're, no, <laughs> yeah, my husband comes back alive or some shit. But there was one aunt that said to Veronica, um, and this is what she's saying to Veronica. Yeah. You know, I just, any day that my husband, your uncle comes home safe is a good day or something. And I was thinking like, that is such a weird way to phrase that sentence. Like. I'm talking to my niece and I'm saying any day that my wife, your aunt, who's related because she's your mom's sister comes I'm like, what? It was such an odd way to say this to her. I guess it was to, I don't even know because I haven't established. Well, no, no. I guess it's a way to establish that the uncle is related to Veronica and not that particular aunt. She's by marriage. All in all, it was just. I enjoyed seeing these other brown faces on screen and I like seeing Hermione with her little side eyes and uh, observations and shit. Like even though they've relegated her to not speaking much, she really does like do this shit with her eyes. Like she <laughs> does all the acting that she can with the little bit that they give her. Now, um, let's see what else. First of all, Veronica's dress was wrinkled as shit. Like when Archie saw her and she was supposed to be oh so beautiful. I don't know if, this was to show that it was prior to her little function, but that dress was wrinkled as hell. I was like, uh, y'all couldn't have steamed that for she tried it on. But yeah. So, uh, Oh, so with the Jughead storyline, we get from the last episode, how Pickens Pickens day statue, like had his head carved off. And I didn't give a damn about that, but clearly someone's setting up the serpents. 
you know, Jughead is losing his mind over this and everybody's mad and Sheriff Keller's coming to his house every day asking him an FP, where did this head go? And oh, this is harassment. Now it's just I'm not invested in Jughead. I like everything else about Riverdale and if I had to choose one of the top four to like get rid of and be done with forever, it would be Jughead. He's boring. He's born and he's fucking shit up. Like, and the funny thing is, I started off this series, um, season one, and he was one of my, if not the favorite character of mine. Now, I just, I'm tired of him. He's frustrating to listen to or to look at. Like, I am not invested in him whatsoever. Like, you're boring. You write him out for like four episodes and let's see what we get. Um, So, it turns out that Jughead is the reason why there are eviction notices this is eventually throughout the show there are eviction notices everyone in the trailer park on the south side is getting evicted um and then Jughead and his dad have this argument and that's what i actually like the most about the serpents or my i like fp over Jughead and the rest of the serpents this physical acting that they do where he's constantly slamming Jughead against the wall or grabbing him up or something it doesn't come off I guess abusive. It it fits in line with the story, and <laughs> Jughead always bounces back. He's never hurt to the point where he's like can't walk or anything. But I like how FP handles him because it's like nigga, you fucking shit up. So it does come out that yes, Jughead, you fucked shit up because of you writing that article. Now the North Side and the mayor are on our asses. The land that our trailer park is on, um, they're using that that city land and they're evicting us now digressing right here there was a moment that i believe it was jughead or someone was talking about no no was it jughead or was it fp but they said something to the effect of yeah uh, because of that article this then the third and now we're getting evicted sure some of us haven't pay, haven't paid our rent but such and such and such and i was like wait what wait now i'm against jughead as much as the next person but what you're not gonna do is turn this around on him well, you haven't paid your rent. It made it seem as if that article now all of a sudden made these things, you know, now I, I see that you guys haven't paid your rent. No, this you, you don't pay your rent. You run the risk of getting an eviction notice. The thing that was odd to me is that Sheriff Keller gave them eviction notice and it was like 14 days to leave the premises. Very odd. I am not 100% familiar with eviction notices. I've seen them on TV. Uh, I've seen them in movies and whatnot. I was always under the impression that you had to have 30 day notice when you give somebody an eviction, like you get out of here in two weeks. Like what? That is weird. I don't know. So if you know anything out there, let me know if that's commonplace or if that's just some made up Riverdale shit. Cause I was like, again, I'm against Jughead just like the rest of us, but we can't blame everything on him. Y'all niggas ain't paid y'all rent. What did you think was going to happen? Like, Oh God! So yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Keller harassing FP and Jughead. Now it also comes out uh, that ugh, Jughead and Betty—they are ugly and disgusting. I'm so sick and tired of them. <laughs> so they, Principal Weatherby, whose only role in this series is to be the angry, shouty black person, because there is no like he is always angry. There is never a time that this man is on screen 
and has a smile on his face. Like there's never a time where Weatherby's just like, hey guys, it's a great Tuesday at Riverdale High. Hope everybody enjoys the pep rally later on. And we're also gonna have Cinnabons in the lunchroom. Like he's always angry. You niggas is fucking up my goddamn school. All you bitches, all you niggas. It, all, it just feels so, it's like, I don't know if the guy like, I don't know, I, well he's getting a check, so good. Good for him, but he's always angry. So over the PA, which another was another odd thing, and I haven't been in high school in quite some time, but randomly he's like, yeah, Jughead Jones and Betty Cooper to my office, such and such. And I'm thinking, don't you normally maybe call the classroom that they're in or send a note or have like your secretary send someone to get them from class? Like, to, it just seemed odd. It seemed very dramatic on his part, but I don't know. Maybe that's how they do things now in high school, but it did not seem right. So he gets them there, and he's like, well, you guys, we're going to get sued. You guys are off the blue and gold. Hiram Lodge is suing you for defamation of character. And Hiram's lawyer is, what is it, Mr. Sourpuss? What is his name? Mr. Sourpatch? I wrote it down. Let me see. Uh, la, 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 la. Mr. Sourberry. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Again, some Riverdale shit. But when he fired them from the blue and gold, I was thinking, aren't they the only staff members on the blue and gold? Like, it's literally those two. And he's like, we're going to get your stuff and I yeah, want you out, your stuff out your desk in a week or two days or some shit. I'm thinking, again, this is on school grounds. What is it that they could pop? This is not a job. The, the fact that the blue and gold is shaking shit up, it's drawing out the black hood, is bringing attention to this native crisis that they got going on. Like all this shit that's going on through a high school newspaper. Who's printing this shit? Like how is no one else... After you saw the shit that they didn't got into from the first season, how is no one monitoring or regulating the blue and gold? Like, how, it's just such a weird. Riverdale is a horrible place to live. Just period. It. I would never want to live in Riverdale. I would never want to visit Riverdale. Keep me as far away from Riverdale as possible. But not really. I'd love to go to Riverdale. So if you're out there, CW and DC, excuse me, CW, uh, write me in for like one episode. I don't know. I'll do something. I'll be that big angry black guy because you damn sure don't know what to do with black men, let alone black characters on this show. Now, um, let's see. Uh, Betty and Jackie talk about sex. It's like, oh, well, did you and Tony do stuff? And he said, yeah, we did stuff, but not everything. Like, mm, don't start talking about sex and not be specific. And I only say be specific because you said, yeah, we did stuff, but not everything. What are you referring to? Did y'all kiss? Was there penetration? Was there fondling? Was it dry humping? Like, you need to be specific in this sense because it's weird that you're bringing up because I, I don't know, like, it, it's just very a very weird thing to bring up. Like, it's one thing to say, you know, did you guys, were you guys doing stuff? Did you get involved in this? Say, yeah. But to be like, yeah, we did stuff, but not everything. Then what the hell is everything? What the hell is stuff? What did you do? Like, so then he asked uh, Betty, well, since we're talking about it, did you do anything with anybody? She said, oh, well, good God. No, hell no. I'm not a slut like you, Junkie. Like, that's pretty much what she should have said. The reaction was so weird. Uh, but we get the band back together, and apparently this is the episode where we get Bughead again. I'm not a fan. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm really not. I just don't like these two characters. Um, but kudos to everyone who does. You know, you have Bughead back, so that's good. But... I, I'm good with it. Now, 
Sierra McCoy, the mayor, and Josie show up at Veronica's house trying to make amends. I don't know what's going on, but there's something there where it's implied that Hermione spoke to Sierra and now, because even in Josie's body language, it was very much like, I'm forced to be here. I'm afraid or I'm sad or and I just don't want to be here. And the moms kind of forced the two girls. I like that scene because it was a very emotionally and mentally kind of, um, it was like a, a game of chess between the mothers using their children and their kind words and this facade as like, the playing the the pieces and I really enjoyed that even the way the scene was framed like I give me more of that and then seeing these two families of color although they are at war with each other seeing them interact in a space in this beautiful like penthouse condo situation all of them elegantly dressed beautiful faces just kind of having this war whereas if this was two if the genders were changed or swapped and these were two fathers and two sons I think it would have probably been a successful scene but not in the way that this one was even if they were white family black family hispanic whatever but the the fact there were two families of women having this exchange with one another was so it was like you could cut the tension with a knife and you understood what was going on even if you didn't know why and i really enjoyed that where um josie agreed to sing at veronica's i don't know baptism ceremony and it was such an odd thing because Veronica was like, yeah, I was going to sing by myself. And like they're forcing them kind of back together. As for, I just really like that. And I want to see this explored a little bit more because I'm thinking as far as Josie is concerned, yes, I am solo. And yes, I'm doing my own thing. But bitch, pick it to Veronica. Motherfucker, you went and got the Pussycats and like upstaged me. Like you, it. I don't know. It's just it's a lot of mental gymnastics with this war and I'm, I'm I'm enjoying every bit of it <clears throat> excuse me um now we get Archie at the secret den of society Hispanic mob boss meeting playing poker and I like this scene because it was very much it was very different from Riverdale from what we've gotten so far seeing these men of color playing poker talking shit to each other and like kind of being nasty it almost reminded me of reservoir dogs the uh that poker scene i'm not a quentin tarantino aficionado or anything like that but it, it very much put me in that mind i don't know if i'm sure that was probably deliberate but archie sent away to the bathroom after this old guy like barks orders at pops which i am so over this like because i get the sense from pops that He's been around. He's been in Riverdale for quite some time. He lived through the riots and all this other shit. I feel like he would have whooped that man's ass when he spit out that food. This is trash. This is garbage. This isn't whatever the hell the dish was. I could have ate trash or something. I'm thinking like, nigga, hold the fuck up. Like, I feel like Pops would have squared up. But the way they writing him, this docile, hefty, chubby, fat black man. Like, ugh, I just, because me and that man would have been going to blows. I'm like a high rope. Get this nigga, because what I'm not going to do is sit here and be verbally attacked by this motherfucker. Because if we're going to fight, we're going to fight. But what you ain't going to do is spit out this food and talk shit to me. If you don't like it, say I don't want it. But what we're not about to do is have you insulting me. Now, they sent Archie to the bathroom to fix the toilet, which was like, what were you doing in the bathroom that you fucked up that toilet like that? But he overhears two of the older guys talking about, yeah, Hyrule's going soft. You know, the man who was fucking his wife is working for him. And this is this and that. I'm thinking like, man... 
this is the realest that I guess Riverdale has been. Um, I don't know if it's the realest or if I'm just excited to get a story with Hiram where he's more than just Veronica's dad, where he's actually in the middle of some shit and taking care of some shit and doing some things and having his own kind of wars and shit. Like it's not just, Oh, the solo dad project and such and such, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. Like he's just buying up property left and right. But I don't think Riverdale knows what that is. I don't even think it'll be fully, it'll fully come to fruition until like the second half of season three or if season four or something. It's weird. Uh, what else now Archie overhears this and he's kind of torn with oh should I tell him or not and yeah whatever so Veronica and her dad have this kind of which man, yeah I really enjoyed this episode now that I look back on it they have this whole kind of back and forth about Archie and he's like look uh me if he's going to be your boyfriend he needs to be in, like he's eventually going to have to know our dirty secrets like either you want them all in or out altogether and at first it felt pretty manipulative on his part like he was trying to get rid of Archie and do it through Veronica but then I was thinking about it like no he's really kind of Archie has in the last couple episodes broken down some barriers and shown that no matter how you feel about me I'm still dedicated to your daughter which is Hiram's like most important checklist thing on his list or whatnot but at first like I said it felt like he was manipulating Veronica to get rid of Archie, but then was like, no, this guy can probably actually serve me well. So I don't think he really wanted to get rid of Archie, but he was genuinely letting her know, like if he's going to be with you, either he's going to have to know or not. There is no back and forth. And I like that struggle that this internal struggle that Veronica had to the point where she went to, I'm not Catholic. So forgive me. Will you sit in the box and talk to the pastor or Reverend or whatever, a confession. And she's like, oh, you know, forgive me if I've sinned. It's been a week since my last confession or blah, whatever. And she's like, oh, you know my family. You know things I'm going into. I feel like I'm pulling somebody else who's innocent into our drama. And that reverend or whatever he is was like, bitch, no. He said, stay 10 Hail Marys and, you know, wash your hands in the blood of Jesus and cut that uh, that damn conversation short. Like, bitch, what you're not going to do is pull me into your daddy's bullshit. Um, all that being said, Archie is... I. <sighs> I feel like I'm liking him more this kind of storyline with him involved in the lodges and the shit that they have going on. He is less annoying to me. I'll say that's what it is. And uh, he went out of his way to, you know, let Hiram know, look, this is what's going on. They're planning to hit on you. They're trying to fuck you up and whatever else. And Hiram took care of it. So I honestly don't even know how next episode is going to go. Taking a couple steps back or forward, we get to the end now uh betty and jughead have sex for the first time which was like okay that's cool but this shit is boring y'all trash now after they figure out who cut the head off of the picking statue which they turned out to be tall boy who's in the gang and he hates jughead and i think understandably so because once fp went to jail and jughead stuck stood up to being the serpents and he kind of sort of became the leader i'm thinking like yeah you're a full-grown adult you probably should have been next in line but this little ass kid who don't know which school he want to go to or what type of girl he wants to date is taking over shit and him and penny penny penelope penny penny the snake charmer um they came up with some scheme to get her back into the good graces of the serpents and to get rid of him and um so they pulled that they showed her flesh where the tattoo was cut off and fp was so disappointed and that's when he got to yelling at jughead like because of you 
you're going to be the reason that we go under. Not not Penny the Snake Charmer, not the North Side, not the Mayor. It's you. And it was so true. Although Jughead countered with, this is shit that they was trying to do already. And they're using this statue as a reason to push their agenda, which I believe. But in the same in the same regard, like FP said, you are doing shit that's fucking stuff up. That's fucking us up. It's you. You're the reason why we're getting all this heat. Don't know. You fucking us up. But then I'm like. Okay, that may be the case, but FPU also kept him out of this world for so long, pushed him to go to Riverdale and to be a better person, and now that he's kind of a baby in the middle of the ocean trying to swim, what what else was he supposed to do? So, I'm, again, I'm not defending Jughead. I think he's trash, but I see where he's coming from. Uh, we find out that Tallboy and, and Penny is the reason why the statue was cut off, and uh, the episode ends with... Veronica receiving one last beautiful, beautifully wrapped gift for her Kintiera baptism shakedown. And it's the head of the statue. Cool. Now, taking a couple steps back from there, we get, while Betty out there fucking homeboy Jughead in the trailer, <laughs> Alice and Chick are sitting down for dinner. She's like, this is what your sister does. She gets wrapped up in something and she doesn't come home for hours. And again, I'm thinking, Alice, Betty is a minor. Why the hell don't you have better control of your household? Why, even if Hal hates being there because Chick is there, why the fuck ain't Hal out there retrieving his daughter? Like, y'all are sucky-ass parents. Y'all are horrible. You you are not good parents at all. So, uh, but I did like that we got to see what happens when Betty isn't around. Because I don't think we, we would have gotten a scene like that if Chick wasn't in the picture. Well, there's a knock at the door. Chick is serving himself peas or mashed potatoes or something. And in the frame, we see him serving himself food. And then we see Alice getting up, going to the door. She's like, oh, this might be, this must be your sister. Now I'm thinking, but she has a key. Why would she knock on the door or ring the doorbell? So she opens the door and there's this older, thin white man who's like, Chick home. And he looks like maybe a guy from like an old Western or something. And then we get... Betty returning home, smiling because she didn't just fuck Jughead and they didn't got it on. And then you hear this noise. And I was like, oh, shit, this man didn't kill them. He got them tied up. Betty didn't walk into some other shit. She's no longer a virgin, so she's probably going to die because apparently because of Scream, we know that virgins don't die. Um, but we cut to. what? How do I describe this? The camera pans around the corner after Betty's like, hello, is anyone there? Which is like, why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just grab a weapon? But we hear this noise and it turns out it is Alice like on the floor, like doing this like exercise motion. And then you, the, the gets in focus even still. And she's scrubbing the floor of blood. There is blood everywhere. And she's just like, she's not on autopilot. She's not mad. She's not happy. She's very much like, her reaction is, she says to Betty, um, Betty, did, come in, did you lock the door? And it wasn't, it was almost like, Betty, did you grab that Coke when we were at the store? Like, it was very, it was, Alice Cooper, whoever's playing her, she's doing a good job because, I again, I, did, I felt like she was, hmm, I don't even know how to put this. She was true i don't know she's i don't know she's she's doing something really good or really bad like she's scrubbing the blood 
And then there's the body laying on the floor. And then I didn't even realize until after the show had ended and I rewound it, that chick was sitting on the far left side of the screen with his back against the wall, kind of in the fetal position, not rocking, just sitting there while Alice is cleaning up this blood. I'm thinking like, damn, this will be an amazing arc to end this season. If they're, because I don't know what happened. I don't know if the man came in to get money or if he's, you know, chick's real dad or ex-lover or whatever, but that whole last scene had me shook. And it's been a long time since Riverdale has had a cliffhanger or anything that's kind of fucked me up in a way that that did. But I don't know. Um, What y'all think about this shit? Uh, My favorite character of this episode will probably go to Alice. Has to be Alice. Uh, Favorite scene is that final scene. Like, because that was just, that was fucking amazing. Like, good job, y'all. Uh, let me see. Well, Alice and then everybody black. So <laughs> Alice and Josie and them. Uh, favorite scene, of course, is Alice cleaning up that blood. And there, I have no ending question. I don't know. I guess why do you think this man is dead? Because we don't even know that they killed him. It could have been a fight. He got hit in the head and fell and busted open. Or he could have slipped. And fell. It could be anything. We don't know what happened. So um, I guess what do you think happened, listeners? <laughs> what happened from the time that Alice answered the door and Betty got home after having sex for the first time. Like, what do you think happened? Let me know in the SoundCloud comments or tweet me carefree blurred. Use the hashtag WTRPod. Riverdale is doing something. Um, I enjoyed this episode and I'm hoping that the series ends very strong with more interaction from the people of color. Give me more Josie, more Chuck, more Reggie, more Reggie's mom, more Lodges. Give me more, give me more, give me, give me more. (laughs) So with that being said, stay out of Riverdale. Stay away from these webcam videos. And um, stay out of Weatherby's office because that motherfucker is angry about every goddamn thing. (laughs) Until next time, see you guys next week for Welcome to Riverdale.